0: Man, whose idea was it to get that dog? Man. The kids, they pull one over on me. Look, there's dog hair everywhere. Dog hair everywhere. Man, what's wrong with this thing? Is it clogged up or something? Why isn't it working? Man. Dog, look at this dog hair. Anyone know why this thing's not working? i got to plug it in. Well, I am a man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had to plug it in. I better remember that for next time. What happens when you plug in There's power that comes? The vacuum cleaner Without power, it's useless. It's heavy actually on your back. And it might look good and it might fulfill its function, but without power, it cannot do what it was purposed to do. So all the design and all the creativity and all the things to make it easy, to take it from this thing that you pull around, to something you can sit on your back, all the thought, all the energy, all the time that goes into that process is amazing. But unless there is power, it is useless. And it struggles to do what it was created to do. This morning... I was going to talk from 1 Corinthians 2 and I was going to talk about hearing from him and then speaking what he wants. And it's funny because that's what I was going to talk about and then God started to speak to me about speaking about something else and to actually doing what I was about to say. Isn't that cool? He loves to test you, doesn't he? And it was amazing because he started whispering to me power, power, power. And then Vera in prayer said pursue, pursue, pursue. And yesterday we were pursuing him. We've been pursuing him as a community, hopefully our whole lives. But That was like a confirming word because he wants us to pursue him and he gives us power to pursue him. Pursuit without power leads you stuck. Leads you trying to pursue in your own strength. It leads you trying to whip up something to try and pursue, and you may do that for a period of time, but then you get tired, frustrated, disillusioned, and you give up. And following him becomes hard. It becomes tiresome. It becomes a chore. It becomes something that I do rather than who I am. And ultimately it becomes boring, stale, dead, and irrelevant. But you hear things around, we've got to pursue him, seek him, ask, seek and not go after him. But there seems to be a lack within you to be able to go on the pursuit. Power enhances and enables the pursuit. Like the vacuum cleaner, without power, it doesn't do what it was created to do and become and be. Without power, we will struggle To fulfill and be and become and accomplish the thing that God would have us do and be. We all live our lives according to the reference point that we can hold today. Do you realize that? So we all live our lives according to the reference point that we know. So we're living from what we know. We're living from what we know of him. So we're living from our known position. And like I've been talking about, there is more to that known position than what we currently know. Or there is a greater known reality that God would bring you into, which enlarges your reference point. So your reference for God is enlarged now than what it was when you walked in here. But you will live accordingly and I will live accordingly to the reference point that I currently have and that will shape my future it'll shape my today my past is already gone so it can't shape that but my future and this is what Jeanette said to me I love it my future can create a glorious past As I live out the future empowered by God it creates a glorious past and I look back and instead of regretting my past I celebrate and give praise to my past. Power enhances praise. Power enhances worship. I don't mean singing I mean the laying down of your life. We live According to the reference point we have. And you know what, also, we do? We judge what we hear according to the reference point we have. And we determine and discern through that reference point to what we know. So, I'm going to talk to us today about power in Him, in us. And you may or you may not have a reference point for what I share. And I would ask you not to write off the reference point that I'm going to share with you. Because I have a strong conviction it is for all of us. So like Kirk said, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to judge what you're about to hear through your reference point to what you know? Or are you humble enough to hear and then seek the spirit to know what you hear, in fact, is a reality and can be a reality to experience. Yes, to experience. God wants us to experience his love. My father wanted me to experience his love. My dad wanted me to experience his affection. My dad wanted me to feel his arms around me and to know that I was loved you don't experience his love how do you know you're loved if it's not real and tangible anyone tried to live that relationship out I love you who are you again it's like loving a stone I love you stone you're hard don't quite you know it's a lot not a lot of warmth coming from a stone And we can get so religious and so pharisaical in our thinking. And you know what it does? It kills and it brings down and it quenches the spirit of God. Because why? Because we're judging everything from our our reference point. Because we are yet to experience something in him to propel us into more of a relationship. More than words, more than good ideas. I found you in the open field. And my whole life is now altering because I found a person. Not a religion, not a theory, not a great idea, not, not theology, not this man's great. Oh, let me tell you about everything I know. Stale brown bread. I found the bread of life. The bread of life. So are you eating the bread of life? Because if you're eating the bread of life, you're going to have life. You won't be stale brown crusty bread. Some people spew stale brown crusty bread and they go, look at my life but their life actually doesn't reflect. So please don't judge what I'm about to say through your current reference point unless you've experienced the reference point that I'm about to say. Go, seek, knock and ask. I'll say this as well. Don't just go, oh yeah, I believe it. Go and ask him. Go and knock on his door and say, hey, this crazy guy in Naranga Gorge said this. Is that true? Is that for me? Can I experience that? And let him speak to you. Tell me to Mark twelve twenty four. Mark twelve twenty four. These people called Sadducees came to Jesus and they were asking him after the resurrection, you know, if if this guy dies, maybe I'll just read it. Some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and began questioning him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves behind a wife and leaves no child, his brother should marry the wife and raise up his children to his brothers. There were seven brothers and the first took a wife and died leaving no children. The second one married her and died, leaving no children. And the third likewise. And so all seven left no children. Last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, when they rise again, which one's wife will she be? For all seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Is this not the reason you are mistaken? You do not understand the scriptures or the power of God. Now, I just want to talk about, do we understand the power of God today? The power of God will help you understand the scriptures. The power of God will bring you into a realm of the scriptures, the living manner. In this case, they're talking about, okay, we've got this law that we're to fulfill. What's this, how's this going to happen? So he says, you know, you guys, you don't understand the scriptures. You don't understand the living word. You're looking through a wrong filter. And not only that, you don't understand the power of God. Do we have a reference for the power of God within us? So don't write off, and I'm just going to keep labelling this, because it may not match your current reference, because we do that because we want to stay in control. That's why we do it. Because someone else's reference point can scare us, can threaten us, if we allow it, it can actually shrink us because we think negative thoughts like "I'm a failure," "I'm useless," "Why haven't I got this?" and all those things that are not of Him. And the enemy will play on those that thought pattern. So I would ask you to go and ask these questions: Man, is that for us? Is that really possible? in you because Lord I want to pursue you but I'm struggling because I'm trying to do it in my own strength I'm trying to pursue you through my own ability my intellect and it's not really getting me anywhere I struggle to pray I struggle to read the word I don't have a heart for lost people I'm pretty iffy on being part of the body. When it suits, I turn up. When I'm other busy, I'm doing there. Really struggle to love people. They annoy me. They get on my wick. I'm short with them. Sound familiar to anyone? And then this muppet starts telling me to commit my whole life. And he keeps asking us to give all to the Lord. Does he not know my life? Does he not know how busy I am? Being married, with children, having a career, having a holiday home, having all these things. And then he asked me to lay down my life. It's taken me my life to find this life. Now this guy's asking me to lay it all down and give it all up. And follow this person that I might not even know. I know a bit about him, but I don't really know him. I'm here to tell you today, God's power will bring you into such a realm you'll have a passion for everything I just said. No longer will prayer be hard, you will find a desire for it. No longer. Why is it why is it that, that prayer meetings are the least attended? And yet it's supposed to be the most attended. What was we talking about yesterday? Because prayer unlocks things. So make sense of it. We're all if prayer unlocks things then why is prayer the least attended gathering? Do we want to ask that question? Are we prepared to tackle that question head on? No, Greg, shut up. You're making me feel bad. But the power brings a passion for prayer. The power brings a passion for praise. The power brings a passion for worship. But these men, they didn't understand the power of God. They didn't understand the scriptures. And so they were living a different life according to the life they were called to live. Jesus came down and spoke to Nicodemus, he said, oh my goodness, you're the teacher of my people. We're in trouble. What are you teaching? You think being born again, you're thinking I've got to get back into my mother's womb. And Jesus didn't even address the man. I reckon about this. Oh man, we're in issues now, I better get to business. And he started speaking about a whole different reality. See, power brings you into understanding that trying to understand it here will never bring. This is my testimony. So part of this was my testimony. I'd never read the Bible, and in nineteen ninety seven I had knowledge of the Bible. Without even opening the Bible, didn't own a Bible, never saw one outside of going to three services in my whole life. And yet I could have told you and taught you the Bible. I didn't have a reference point that it was John four twenty three or Isaiah six nineteen. I'm going, This is crazy. How do you know stuff that you haven't studied? How do you wake up one minute without it and now you got it? You figure that out, man, you can come and speak. I'm talking stuff when I came here and people were like, Oh, that's that scripture and I go, Is it? I don't know, because I haven't even read the Bible yet. Don't even know. How is that possible? Do you believe it's possible? If you don't believe it's possible, then don't listen to anything I'm about to say. But if you believe it's possible, keep listening. There is a reality because he is a person, he is not a book and he can speak to you from spirit to spirit and put living manner in you and reveal himself in you, to you and through you and you have knowledge and substance in you because his power brings it all to life. And now you're living from another realm. At, when I woke up that morning, I did not have an over-consuming love in my heart for God. I certainly didn't have a passion for prayer. I didn't have a passion for loving people like him. I had none of that. I was living for me. And at one second past ten, through an interaction through a phone call, where I was filled with power from on high. I wasn't asking for it. That was pretty amazing as well. I was filled with power from on high. I was over-consuming passion for the Lord, a love for God that I'd never had before. And I go, I've got to live for you. You tell me how that happens because I've got no clue outside of what I read now, I am going to clothe you from power on on high. And you need to go and wait for it to happen. Do not go anywhere but the upper room, because if you don't receive it, you will not be able to fulfill my mandate. We cannot fulfill, be and become, and accomplish the will of God without the power of God in us. Simple as that. We all know it, because the church is struggling, And now we've created another model where we go, we build the church and what we do is we make it look good, attractive, where we serve everyone's needs. They all come, but there's no power. I'll tell you what this power is like. It's like being plugged into that energy socket all the time. I wake up with it. I go to sleep with it. It's during me at lunch. When I go to the toilet, it's there. When I sleep, it's there. It is there 24-7. It is a deposit in, planted, plugged in. Boom. What has it done? It has enabled me and empowered me to lay my life down. The only reason I stand in front of you today is because of the power of God. Not because of my ability to do anything that was getting me on a road to disaster, as you've heard. But these men didn't understand the power. They had no reference for the power and they wrote it off. Well, look at their lives. And yet there were these other people who in their eyes were nobodies who God said, you guys, I'm going to walk with you for three years. Then I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. So you better be positioned in the right place with the right heart at the right time I'm going to come and I'm going to clothe you with power from on high for you to be able to accomplish the very thing I'm calling you to. God does not leave anything to chance and he's not the God that pulls the carrot out to the donkey and says, ha ha, there you go. Figure it out. Why? Because he wants us to accomplish and become the people he wants us to become. Why? Because he loves us and he's in our team. It would be like saying, Go play a game of football, uh, whatever, and you've got no boots, no shin pads, no socks and no kit. But get out there and find your own kit, find your own boots, find your own shin pad. No, he gives his church everything it needs to accomplish the church's mission because it's his mission. Can we settle that once and for all and go, cool, that's your truth, that's from your way, so we need to look at that and go, the problem's never with God, it sits with us. And we cannot let our current reference point, as good as that may be, limit the new reference point that he wants to bring. And he will empower it through the power of his spirit, through the seeking and the pursuit of it by God's people. With the right heart motive, because if it's a selfish motive, forget it, you'll never receive. It is a selfless motive he will release in his timing. Do we understand the power of God? Come with me to Luke three, Luke three, fifteen to sixteen. This, even the words here, are awesome. Now, while the people were in a state of expectation, you know what the heart needs to be in to receive the power? A state of expectation. A hunger. A hunger. Not a physical hunger, a spiritual hunger. When I was filled with the power of God, I had such a hunger in me because I got broken. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. I was smashed to a trillion pieces through my own pursuit of trying to live my own life, and that got me brokenness. Brokenness is a blessed place, it's a place we run from, it is a blessed place. When you come to the end of your life, not physically, your will, and it is smashed into a trillion pieces, that is the most blessed place to be. Why? Because you've got nowhere else to go but Him. You've exhausted every avenue trying to find the life, the source of life that's void of everything else, and not by my good intention, but my dumbness, I chose that one. Girls, alcohol, different things, partying, football, this and that and that. And I tried all the options to discover over years. That doesn't have any life in it. That doesn't have any life in it. That doesn't. Have Man, I've got to find this mountain. Yeah, this little voice is calling me, and he's got supernatural things happening now. No, you're not the answer. Thanks for getting me out of the jam, by the way. But you're not the answer. So we'll keep doing this, have you? Because I'm sure it's in here somewhere. Because you're asking me to surrender, and that doesn't sound good. So I'm going to do my thing. Here we go to the point where I got broken and I'm in a trillion pieces all over the floor and I had such a hunger because when you are humbled humility comes there's a hunger that's birthed in you and you're going to do anything I was going to run through doors to find the answer and the answer came in power and filled a broken vessel do you think David was a broken man? after he had an affair with Bathsheba. He was still a proud man. It was only when the prophet came and said to him, if this happened, what would happen to this man? We would chop off his head, basically. You are that man. And he's found out. He's exposed. His pride is exposed. He doesn't even know it. His pride is exposed. Do you think Paul was a humble man? Do you think a man that built his whole life on his intellect and what he thought he knew And then he is blinded for three days and he can't see and he's got to depend on someone. He's now lost going, man, I've trusted in me to live my whole life and my intellect and I am completely lost now because I can't even take two two meters ahead of me. I'm stuffed. What about Peter? What about Peter? I'm going to go with you. Man, I will. They may not. I know they're saying they will, but they may not, but I will. Because you know me, I will go with you. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Big bravado stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll die for you, Lord, if someone came with a gun. Really? Can't get to a prayer meeting, but I'll die for the Lord. Can't get here on time, but I'll die for the Lord. Can't give my money, but I'll die for the Lord. Really? You see, all that's been said and done. Our strength is pathetic, absolutely pathetic in his eyes. And his love covers to bring us to that point of absolute weakness and death. And Paul found it and said, man, I'm going to celebrate this place of weakness. Because when I am weak, then and only then am I strong. Have you found that place in your life yet of weakness to become strong? Or are you still strong in trying to control it all because you have not yet received or sought out the power of God to do a work in you which would bring the spirit of humility through you? You know what you'd have then, and we'd have? Then you'd be blessed of the poor sorry, poor and spirit releases all the other beatitudes. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do I? Am I a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper? Because the power of God has come and propelled me into a new reality and realm. The word of God, the power of God, Jesus has come and revealed himself in me to such a measure through his power that I now have been turned and say yes and amen to those things. And I am found in the places I am called to be found at the feet of the Lord, laying my life down for the Lord, living for His will. He said, you'll know my people by the way they lay their lives down for one another. Are we laying our lives down for one another because we've received the power of the Lord? Are we trying to do it in our own strength? The power of God, guys, will bring us into the life He's calling us to live. It will no longer be hard and tiresome and strenuous, but you will go, amen, I'm laying it down. Because you've lost your life to find your life through the power of God. And we must, must pursue Him and what He has for us. Come on me to Luke twenty-four forty-nine. Oh, sorry, no, just stay on here. I haven't read, I did not finished, have I? Come back to me. Luke 3, I'm getting so excited. I'm getting ahead of myself. Luke 3:15 Now while the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ John answered and said to them all As for me I baptize you with water for repentance but one is coming who is mightier than I and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire I've seen a picture Ian McCormick sent me where people are worshipping and someone took a photo, not realising, they just took a photo of people in Africa in worship and you can see fire in the the midst of the people. The person just took a photo of people just worshipping to the Lord just like this and there's fire coming through them. Are we on fire? What does fire feel like? like whoo anyone touch fire lately oh man. Woo! man that's what it feels like right here it's what inspires and drives my life it's fire it's hot it burns it's not quenched you can't put it out Natural water doesn't put it out. Persecution enhances it. Tribulation enhances the fire. Test and trials enhances it. Doesn't quench it, enhances the fire. The power to live. What? A resurrected life. What did Paul say? I want to know the power of your resurrection. The power that raised you from the dead into the life. I want to know that more. The man had received it in a doses. I reckon that's why probably none of us or some of us haven't got it. Because he got it all. He was hungrier than a lot of us. He said, I want their portion, their portion, their portion, their portion. Because when you taste it, it's so good, you want more. It's the first time in your life you're allowed to be selfish defined by the kingdom. No, there's enough for everybody and beyond. But when you've tasted it, when it's a known reference point, a known reality, you pursue it because you want more, because it's so good. Why? Because you know what it's doing in you, not for you to bring glory to his name. You're receiving the blessing of what he has said, but you don't do it to receive a blessing, it's an outcome of living for him. Because he sees your heart, he sees the complete emptiness of it, and he knows you desire him and his will beyond everything and anyone. So he pours it into. But the heart's got to be broken. It can't have self in it. It's got to be a free heart, a whole heart. Luke twenty four forty nine. There's truckloads of scriptures. We're not obviously going to go all in today, but we might speak more of this. Luke 24, 49. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Who got dressed this morning? I'm glad you did. That would be a very, uh, one community, wouldn't it? (laughs) They have names for those communities. (laughs) But we all got clothed. What does it feel like to be clothed when you're not clothed? There's a warmth, isn't there? When you're naked, oh, it's a bit chilly. Hmm. So you put your clothes on. The climate shifts. You feel your clothes look good in your clothes. Some of us look good with clothes on. We do (laughs) not. Clothed from on high. Do not go anywhere until you have received. Do not go anywhere. Are we prepared to wait on the Lord? But I want to do all this stuff for you because I want to be one of those Christians that leaves a legacy. Look at my destiny. Destiny. Legacy. (laughs) Why? Because my identity is in what I do, not who I am, because I haven't received the power yet, which defines my identity. So I haven't got something to say, you know what, I want to go do. I'm going to go build a house. I'm going to go do this and do that and do this and do that. And I get so far on natural strength by that time, I've dragged everybody with me who's also in natural strength. And we wonder why we're shattered and it ain't working and we've left a trail of wake while at the same time we've started to build this thing that needs to, needs to, needs to be fed because now we've created these things and now they want, Gimme, 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 gimme. So then we've got to keep it going Because people are now tied up in these things and there's expectation of the people and my identity is all part of that as well and my purpose so I need the people to love me while at the same time I'm knackered and I'm void of something and so is everybody else but we're faking it hoping we're going to make it. Fake it till you make it? What a load of rubbish. Where does that come from? The world. The world. He says, don't you dare go anywhere until you have received the very thing that you're going to need to accomplish the thing I'm calling you to. It is a promise. Does God fulfill His promises? That was a half-hearted yes. So it's a promise, yes? He is the God of the promise who fulfills the promises and the promises is for who? His disciples. Are you a disciple? Have you received the promise yet? Well, you know there's a tangible power source, fire It's with you, in you, burning, being flamed, gifts, flamed into fire. Yeah. Some of us may just have a little what's it called? Ember. Thank you. I didn't want to say something stupid. <laughs> this, is, this is where it's, participation is good. <laughs> the more we spend he starts to like a gas heater. And we live like that 24-7. Why? Because he keeps fueling, fueling, living manner, living manner, living manner, living manner, more fire, more fire, more than an overcomer. Awesome to be an overcomer. What about a more than an overcomer? So people who are more than overcoming have an abundance to give to others. Why? Because you've got more. How many baskets were left over? feeding about 15,000 people with two fish and five loaves. How many? Twelve baskets. You boys thought it was going to be a problem. When my power turns up, when Jesus knew the power of the Lord was present to heal, the man who was lowered, healing. And that power is to be in you and I. Come with to Acts 1 verse 8. Do we have a reference point for the scriptures, the promise? Or have we rationalized it away in our mind and somehow came up with our own theology to make us feel comfortable because the unknown scares the living bejeebies out of us? Acts 1 verse 8. but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth when we receive his power it creates a passion to share him people that don't know him. Do we have that passion? What an amazing, what an amazing story to tell about a person who is love. Don't we have the best story to share? I found your love in the open field. Have we found his love? Come with me to Ephesians 3, 14. You see, the purpose of God's power, one of the purposes, if you're taking notes, it births, And brings to life within us living manna which we now are able to live from. One of the purposes of God's power, it births and brings to life within us living manna. I am the bread of life, Jesus. The living manna is the Christ everything contained in Christ. It doesn't matter how you want to look at it. You can look at love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. All that is the fruit of a person. Brings to life Christ, living manner, the truth. And we're now able to live from that measure we have received. We're no longer living from my ability to live or my strength. I'm living from something Him that was deposited in me to the measure, and now I'm able to live that measure out. Is that clear? Ephesians 3.14, let's read it. For this reason, this is Paul, I bow my knees before the Father. There's a man of prayer. If there is a man to aspire to be, to imitate, outside of Jesus, it's Paul. He even told us to imitate me. Are we people of prayer? Because the power enhances prayer. If we don't pray, I'd say we probably haven't received the power. You'll have a passion for prayer. You'll have a passion to spend in his presence. It won't be hard. You won't. You'll be like, I can't do anything else but. See the difference? It becomes such a way of life to not be doing it. it. seems crazy once you've tasted of it. It's not something we do, it's who we are. People of prayer. Why? Because the power has brought us into a reality of truth that we now know and to live from. The only reason we're struggling is because we're still living in the flesh. And our flesh is dominating our spirit. Our spirit may be willing, but our uh, flesh is weak, spirit is willing. And the power comes and propels that. The disciples were different people, weren't they, after Acts 1. Why do you think that was? Do you think they made a mental choice? Oh boys, now's the time to stop being donkeys like we were before and get to business. Do you think they went, oh, you know what? I know I denied you now, but now I'm not going to. You know, he just did that in his own strength. No, no. The power of God, the Holy Spirit came and filled them with the power in that room and they all experienced the same thing. That's why they were in one mind, one heart, one purpose, one love. And they all left that room in oneness because they all experienced the same thing. They all had the same reference point. And now, not perfect, still needing minds to be renewed, but they've got a source in them that they're going, we're going in. Peter comes out and the man starts preaching. Do you see that as the different Peter that was denying him? What's the difference? Human will? Now that got him in trouble. They receive power from on high the promise, the Holy Spirit will come and put in you and clothe you literally and then you will be able to go into Judea, Israel, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So Paul is praying. He's on his knees. You can be on your knees and not have the heart. and You can be on your knees and have the heart. From whom every family on heaven and on earth derives its name, that God would grant you Ephesians, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. what is that place? What is the inner man? your spirit strengthened the joy of the Lord is my The joy comes from the power. The joy of the Spirit is my strength, not my happiness. The joy that comes, that is birthed through the power of God coming and forming in me, now becomes my strength. So when I go through trials and tribulations and sickness, do you know what defines that? The joy that is in my Spirit. The strength of the Lord trumps it and I walk through. And yes, bang, it's hitting me, bang. But you know what? I've got the armour of God in me, which is Jesus within me. Not something I go through as a ritual and then walk out the door and trip up because someone says something about me. No, I've got the power of God living in me, Christ in me. And so when someone comes at me, my shield goes up. doesn't even, the offence does this. Boom. Come here, give you a hug. This is the indestructible life that we can live in Christ. Not through our own ability, but through the power of God. And Paul is saying this, so that Christ may dwell, sorry, uh, power through his spirit in the inner man. So that, so here is the outcome. I'm praying, and I'm really believing, and I'm on my knees for the church, praying, petitioning, asking, seeking, not for himself, He's already received it, even though he wants more for you and I, for the Ephesians. This man loves God and loves the church and spent his whole life and laid his whole life down for you and I. So we can have a reference point and live from a reference point so our whole lives can be different rather than our lives consuming us and being on top of us and squinching us so we live little lives. What life do we want to live with the time that we have on this planet? Teach me, Lord, to number my days so a heart of wisdom can be produced in and through me. I do not want to waste one single second here because this is not my home. I am going to another home, a heavenly home. And I want to have the greatest impact, Christ, in me that I can have for you, Lord, while I am here. I do not want to give my life and my heart to football, my wife, my children, my this, my that. I want to give it to you and let you define the life that you have always had for me, that I was called for, born for, to live. But I must let go of me, so fill me with your power, the power you have promised me, that I may fulfill the calling on my life and be part of a community that want to do the same thing. Sorry if you're listening to that on the recording. (sighs) What a promise. So Paul says this, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Dwell there. Reside there. Live there. Never leave there. Know that position. Paul said, I live my life in faith in the Son. What he's saying is I have an absolute assurance and a knowing and a conviction of who Jesus is. I know what his purposes are. I know what my purposes are for my life now. And I know what the church's purposes are. And I'm living my life for that faith. And that is in me because he put it in me. And he says, guys, you can have the same. And I'm laying my life down so you can have the same. And they will persecute me for you. And I stand there as an apostolic father, boom, 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 taking hits, while the children receive, because I've gone somewhere, and I turn around, boom, 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 and I share, and I speak some stuff, and I turn around, boom, 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 and I turn around and go, hey, he's a beautiful father. This man is the apostolic father. No, thanks, Dad. Okay, live for me. He laid his life down to bring forth a reference point for you and I, that we would no longer survive life, but live with the power of God within us to accomplish the purposes of God. And we have just done such a bad job as his people. And he has forgiven us and he loves us, but we must identify and go, Lord, we repent. Of the bad job we have done in bringing forth your truth and rationalizing this beautiful thing away because we don't understand the supernatural aspect of you. And we've tried to understand you through our poxy little filter of our mind and rationalize you into a water can. And we're drinking natural water going, This tastes so good for 10 minutes. Then I need more for another 10 minutes. Then I need more and I'm stuck on natural water rather than asking for the rivers of life and the supernatural waters which is you and more of you through the power of you coming and filling me. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love hasn't finished may be able Can you hear what he's saying? It's a step. Boom. 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 And it's leading to this crescendo. It's leading to this climax. Are you ready for it? So that you may be able to know, gnosko, know intimately, not know about, know of, what? My love. The most important thing mankind is looking for, love. You can know my love, the love that restores that brings back to life, that recompenses, that heals, that cleanses, that restores broken people. I have people say, oh, you you can't really know the love of God. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Don't tell me. I know. It makes me weep. I don't know all of it, but I've got a good measure of it because he revealed it because I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry. I'm going to have your bit if you don't have it. The more you get of Him, the more you want, and you don't get full. Hear me. You get full, but you're not full. If that makes sense. You're full, but you want more, and you start overflowing with it. People think you're a bit crazy, but that's okay. How wide, how deep, how long is this love that you and I can know? Because the power has brought it. What is Paul praying for? That you and I will be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being. What we have to do is know we cannot cause that but believe it is for us and then pursue the reality of what we read. My feelings and my thoughts are never ever to determine his truth. Never. As soon as I do that, I'm becoming a Pharisee. I'm becoming a legalistic person. Self-righteousness built on pride and it is going completely and utterly in the opposite direction to life. It will appear as life, but it has no life. And at some point, I will find that out. I'll sing a good song, but I'll have no game. And I start to stink. And you know what? Other people can smell me. But the problem is I'm not even humble enough to even when they come to me to say, you know what? Bro, you need some underarm. You need some of that all black spray on stuff. Works for them this morning. No, I don't. I got all the answers. Have a taste of my stale brown bread. It's amazing, it's filling me. Like that snap, it's crusty and dead. But it can appear as life. The Bible talks about this. The Bible says be careful of some of these people. Last scripture, come with me to Psalm 110. 110 verse 3. his people okay so here's for you it's a promise your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power I remember when Clay preached that and I was doing a dance. He, he actually didn't preach it in the context that I'm preaching it in. And I thought, I wonder in that moment whether people caught that scripture. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. Volunteer freely what? I'm going to freely volunteer the laying down of my life. Why? Because I've received the power that causes that response. Do we have a reference point for that? It's in him. I stand before you today as one who has a reference point for what I just said. 1997, 10 o'clock. I freely give you my life. Not because I, in my own strength, made the decision. Because he put more of him in me that enabled that decision. That's how you die to yourself. You don't try to die to yourself. He gives you more of himself, which is less of you. That's the authentic, spirit-led process of dying to yourself. More of him creates his life within you to the measure that enables you to make choices that he now asks you to make it's gone from religion doing man striving in their own strength to what paul said i strive according to the power that is at work within my life striving is right it's just from what place is it being accomplished Being sold out for Jesus is the most right thing to be doing in him when he empowers through his power. Because now you actually have a life source in you that you haven't created that enables you to accomplish what he's asking. It's just whether we have received it yet. And the problem is we've painted such a man-made fleshly example of the church that we all think church is turning up to a building because that's what we all say, so that's what we think and what we think we believe, so we live it. And then we think, if we do the great music and we have all this, then we've, we've somehow done church, whatever that means. I don't know what even what that means. As opposed to finding a person, a love, a power, a resurrected life through an intimate relationship because he calls those He is the only one that draws man to himself. Man does not choose him. He chooses man. And then through the development and the intimate of that relationship, through the seeking, the asking and the knocking, he starts to fill with more of himself. Going from one glory to another. Not because Greg's a smarty pants and he's found anything in his own ability, just through the pursuit because the power of the Lord is pursuing that pursuit. It's filling that and enabling that. There's so many things, I haven't got time, but that it enables. I've mentioned some of them. There's truckloads. You get more power, you put your hand in your pocket, you start giving beyond. You go beyond just ticking the box. I'm a good lad, there you go, to a lifestyle that's empowered through the power. Why? Because you've come into a realm and a reality of knowing Him and trusting Him, and you become a vessel that He works through. As a byproduct, we receive this incredible life within us. But you cannot have Paul's life without Paul's process. You cannot have Jesus' life without Jesus' process. You cannot have Peter's life without Peter's process. You cannot have life without His process. We are so outcome-minded because we are doers, functioning, because that's the seed of the flesh. And so we go after the outcome and we skip the process, but the process is what provides the outcome. So we never get the outcome because we're not going through process. And we wonder why we're frustrated, disillusioned, it all seems too hard, We need to be the people of process. His way. So some of us are going to need to go wait on the Lord. Some of us are going to have to go wait on the Lord and start asking prayers that you've never asked. Maybe you didn't know you could. Maybe you didn't know there was a reality for you. Now we do, if we choose to believe and receive. What are we going to do with what we've just heard? Multiple options of choices. Nothing. Something. Don't know yet. Who cares? Our choices determine where we will be. Ah, too busy. Just got married. You've been invited to the feast in the kingdom. I know, but I just bought a tractor. Got to go plough the field busy man, okay, I just did this, just got a new motorbike, got to go ride the motorbike, but I want you to come, no, no, I'm just too busy. Excuses will keep you out of the life he came to give you. Oh, you don't understand. There's a reason why we are where we're at. Some of those things have been other people's choices. I get all that. We have a God that wants to take us from that and restore and bring all things to new. He wants to take our brokenness and turn it into glory, doesn't he? So At some point, we've got to go past ourselves and make a choice and ask and scream out to him to come and do a work that we cannot do on our own. And when I read and what I know is he is faithful when he hears a heart that wants him, a humble heart, a heart that wants him for him, he comes, because he's listening, and he's longing, and he wants, because he's the good, good father. So Lord, I just pray today, that we would be seeking, asking, and knocking. We would be people, who are believing, trusting, Accepting, seeking, coming to you, sitting at your feet and desiring you and what you have for us. May we desire you. Hear what I'm saying? Desire you rather than desiring the power. We desire you and if we seek you, the power will come. And the reason we would want more of you is to glorify you and to live for you and to be set free from ourselves and to live for you and your desires to become the people you're calling us to become, to love the way you're calling us to love and to administer and represent you as ambassadors well. The Holy Spirit, reveal Yourself in us more and more and fill us with Your power continuously, Lord. We ask this through the powerful name of our Messiah, Jesus Christ. Amen.